Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, episode 66, the bucket of stuff edition of the Grip Strip Podcast, and an ode to the Bush brothers or AJ Foyt or anybody that's called their car something other than um, good in a in a color or more colorful manner. Um, I'm your host, Phil Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Fine. What's good, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. We had a good week of racing with Formula One, French Grand Prix. Uh, Indy cars at Road America, NASCAR uh, debuting at Nashville Super Speedway for the first time since 2011. Uh, a lot of uh, different racing, a lot of good racing. So uh, let's get into it. Yep. French Grand Prix, Max Verstappen continues to um, hold over Lewis Hamilton as as we go early in, in this Formula One World Championship. We get in. We'll get into the Indy Car race at Road America, which saw Joseph Newgarden uh, figure out an, a, a way not out of his own doing to lose another race uh, after dominating it. Cup first uh, race in Nashville in that area since 1984. Uh, been hard R gets another victory, closes the gap to Denny Hamlin to within nine points. And in Xfinity, Kyle Busch gets his 100th win. And uh, Brian Priest wins in the truck series. We'll go over the points in those series and what it really means for uh, Larson and Hendrick Motorsports on the day that Jeff Gordon announces he's going to basically go and work at Hendrick Motorsports full-time instead of being a crappy announcer. And... Uh, work on more sponsorship probably for Kyle Larson amongst other people get into the SRX, which saw, which saw smoke win at Knoxville over uh, miss Hummer 2.0 and Ernie Francis jr. Um, R and Jade wannabe Paul Tracy yet again, Rex. He got butthurt about Michael Waltrip probably would take it in the butt from Michael Waltrip. So that's beside the point. The roundup will go over uh, MotoGP and Moto2. They were at Saxon Ring last week, and they'll be at the legendary Assen Circuit this week, where Formula One should be going instead of um, Zanfort because it actually is wide. Um, supercars at Hidden Valley, DTM at Monza, Indy Lights at Road America, Formula E at Puebla, which was basically like a roval. Uh, this weekend, we'll have the six hours at the Glen. So one of the uh, classics in IMSA, the W Series returns. So uh, the female all-women driver series with open wheel, like basically F3 type cars. So they'll be racing for their first race in a couple of years there at Austria as a part of the Formula One weekend. And then you'll have British Touring Cars at Brands Hatch. We will preview the Styrian Grand Prix, the first of two consecutive races at Red Bull Ring, and then the Pocono doubleheader, which will see all three major NASCAR series run across two days at Pocono Raceway, along with the ARCA series on Friday afternoon in front of 20 people. Josh will do his sim segment, and we will close the deal. All right, so... French Grand Prix, we'll start with that. It started out with uh, Max Verstappen on pole, but it, within the first couple of corners, he made a rare error for where he has gone to in his recent driving uh, 
talent or driving skill. Uh, he used to make those mistakes a lot more often, but now he's become a very precise driver. So for him to make that mistake was inter was unusual. Allowed Lewis Hamilton by. Lewis Hamilton had a two second lead at you know, up, upwards of two two and a half second lead, but uh, Verstappen did the undercut on Lewis and in turn was able to gain the lead back. Uh, Mercedes miscalculated for the third consecutive race on strategy. It basically left Lewis Hamilton in a position where he had to uh, run long and run a one-stop race versus Verstappen, who did what Lewis and Mercedes did to them at the Spanish Grand Prix, came in, got tires, also used Sergio Perez, his teammate, who ran longer than anybody on his uh, harder tires to uh, gain a make a gap, put himself in a position to affect the race, which in turn he did. Uh, Red Bull gets a one first and third place finish for stop and passes Lewis Hamilton on the track with a few laps to go. As it stands right now, uh, Red Bull is definitely the team to beat. Uh, way things have been going. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Lewis Hamilton was up there. He had a car that could have won the race. Honestly, uh, if if the uh, Mercedes strategy had been worthwhile, it really didn't seem to be. Uh, that's part of the problem. It seems to be a pattern now. If it isn't bad strategy, it's uh, it's probably, you know, like a bad pit stop. If it isn't a bad pit stop, you know, they make an error. It's it's kind of a mediocre um, methodology. And it's something that Mercedes was guilty of a few years ago uh, when they um, when they first had the advantage uh, during this uh, rules package of sort with the engine uh formula and they would fuck things up and now they're fucking things up again and the problem is their car is not as good as a red bull the honda engine is pretty darn good uh, the mercedes is basically equal um you know lewis is good but and he's been really he's been great for a long time but uh you know you need to actually give him something to fight with and Lewis hasn't had that, especially in qualifying and then even in the race, uh, especially the last three races. He has a 12-point deficit now uh, to Max Verstappen in the World Championship. In regards to the Constructors' Championship, Mercedes is well behind in uh, the Constructors' Championship as well. Uh, we'll go into the results of Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. Botas finished fourth and basically laid over like a dog. Lando Norris finished fifth and Daniel Ricardo sixth. So McLaren gets a fifth and sixth place. Pierre Gasly seventh. Fernando Alonso eighth. Vettel Stroll ninth and tenth. Uh, Ferraris conspicuously absent. 11th and 16th, Charles Leclerc was, uh, started 7th and fell down. Sainz 5th, uh, had nothing. 
George Russell had a great day uh, to finish 12th. First car, one lap down. So, uh, Josh, I'll throw to you in terms of this uh, race. I mean, Max Verstappen is uh, clearly um, taking taking a step forward in his career and in his racecraft. But I also think that Red Bull has stepped their game up as an organization in that they've got two drivers that can do the job. They've made a car that is at least compliant for both drivers and they have a strategy they make strategy calls that make sense and also work for the greater good of the team and i think those pieces all together are why max verstappen red bull honda are in front right now in this world championship yeah i think right now they have the strategy. They they have uh, the car. I think this weekend, with the way they executed the two stop strategy, um, that gave them a better chance to win the race. Um, they avoided, I guess, the tire wear uh, that they would have had to endure if they had stayed on a one stop strategy. And they were able to catch Lewis Hamilton, basically going about one second a lap faster than Lewis Hamilton. You know, he had about 20 laps to go, 20 seconds to make up to Hamilton. He was able to do that with about two laps to go there in the Grand Prix. But uh, I think also you have to factor in the car setup. Uh, Red Bull went with low downforce this weekend, and uh, they went with high, or Mercedes went a little bit higher downforce. And I mean, he was able for Lewis Hamilton after his first pit stop, he was able to kind of catch up to uh, Verstappen there after Verstappen took the lead. But Max is able to, uh, you know, get all or get back to the throttle up easier and not have to worry about any arrow wash arrow push uh that hamilton had to because of the high down force so i think that's some um, something you have to con- uh, consider as we go throughout the schedule uh the, the different uh configurations that each of these teams are going to go through i think uh verstappen and red bull um i think they they have a car that's equal to or better to the mercedes depending on the racetrack and i think right now um as they continue to open up the advantage over mercedes i think they're going to be the team to beat uh, going forward. And I think for Max, as long as long as he doesn't make any mistakes, we saw what happened in the first corner of the race, overran the corner and gave it to Hamilton uh, and and uh, almost lost the Grand Prix there, but of course was able to recover. So I think uh, w- with that, as long as minimizes the mistakes, then I think this is easily his title. And I think uh, Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes, you know, they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, they have to figure out a better strategy. Uh, and they have to also figure out how to uh, get more pace back into the car to not only execute the strategy uh, if they go on a one-star uh, race like they did here in France, but also uh, just overall pace. That way, when it um, they're able to get to these head-to-head battles with Red Bull and uh, Verstappen, that they're able to actually uh, beat Verstappen. And I think uh, if if they don't do that, then and this is uh, going to be a pretty frustrating season for Lewis Hamilton trying to win his eighth world title uh, and set the record for most titles in Formula One. But uh, I think Max Verstappen has a pretty good opportunity to uh, take that away from him this year. Yeah, Verstappen right now, I mean, we you look at this, uh, there are only, what, eight, nine races or seven races in the season or whatever the hell it is. It's very early. Uh, there's most of the season to go. There is a doubleheader here at Austria. They're going to run two races, I think, at Coda uh, later this year. 
to make up for I think what I think the Japanese were one of the Grand Prix, uh, the same way as MotoGP is doing. Uh, there's other things that might go on, but in the grand scheme of things, there's this race, these two races at uh, the Styrian Grand Prix, Austrian Grand Prix, and then you'll have the British Grand Prix, which will be the first of the Sprint Cup or whatever races that they're going to have with the sprint qualifying and whatever that might be in a place where Mercedes, uh, if they don't answer here over these next couple of races might go and try to bring a big, uh, upgrade to, to go and try to stem the tide here. Cause right now it's, it was a 37 points to Red Bull right now in the constructors championship i mean they gave up 30 points at monaco and they gave up uh, 25 points at uh, baku so that's i mean that's 55 and then over the first over the first uh, four races they outscored red bull three out of the four and ever since the the in the last three races they've only scored 37 points mercedes to and red bull did that at monaco by themselves so that's where the gap is uh, mclaren is in third and they're probably going to stay there because the rules with the air pressures being set you have to set higher air pressures on the rear tires after the blowouts at baku uh, the flexi wings uh, being regulated a little differently. Uh, those two things seem to work in the favor of McLaren. Daniel Ricciardo at his best weekend of the season, too. Uh, and you have Lando Norris continuing to be very consistent. So now they have a 16-point lead over Ferrari for third in the Constructors' Championship. Uh, the fifth... The battle for fifth is very close as well. Alpha Tori and Aston Martin are only separated by five points. Alpine on the outside of that, just a little bit. They are 16 points out of fifth and 11 points out of sixth. Then you have Williams, of course, they overtaken Putin Haas uh, for ninth. Yeah, they haven't scored a point yet, but George Russell's 12th is the highest finish amongst any of their cars. Uh, so far this year. Um, I mean, we had, uh, and, and, but we, one thing, you know, I, I, I rag on Egghead on a regular basis, but, and Egghead tried to run Mick Schumacher off the racetrack or did run Schumacher off the racetrack during the race on Sunday, but at least he's had a Nicholas Latifi. So that should tell you how great Nicholas Latifi really is um, when he's behind Egghead. Uh, yeah, so you got right now Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez is third by eight points over Lando Norris. Then you have Valtteri Botas, who basically doesn't exist. Um, in fifth, he's seven points out of Leclerc, and he's 17 points ahead of Carlos Sainz. So that's probably gonna, you know, it's basically a battle between Botas and Leclerc. Of course, Botas basically is, uh, out the door, going to lose his ride to George Russell. But we will um, see how that goes accordingly. Um, I mean, 
the the I don't know if you wanted to get into the midfield at all, Josh, but I mean the McLaren team definitely stood out the way they ran all weekend and they responded when Ferrari basically faltered and disappeared. Uh, you know, and Ricardo, of course, as I said, having a great weekend. I think it's a sign of things to come from there for for them. I think the initial thoughts, what you know, I thought about or believed early in the year, they could have been a greater contender with the top two teams. They really aren't there. But I think they're trying to go and separate themselves and kind of put themselves in their own little world. Ferrari is going to have to respond really quickly here over these next three weeks if they want to have a chance or next few races. I mean, next two weeks, but then even at the British Grand Prix, if they don't want this to get out of hand before the summer break. Uh, Aston Martin and uh, Alpha Tori are in their own mini battle. And with Pierre Gasly getting the points to kind of hold the team up because Sonoda is still trying to learn. He had to start from pit lane, um, you know, so then there, there was that. And then you have the Aston Martins basically taking up tailback is what they usually do um, unless craziness really happens there. So um, thoughts on the midfield before we uh, move on to IndyCar. Yeah, I think for the midfield, uh, McLaren, like you said, I agree, they're starting to separate themselves. Uh, you know, Lando had kind of a two-stop strategy race as well, and he was able to overtake uh, Ricardo in the last uh, stint of uh, the race there um, and able to get past him. And then I think for Ricardo, I think for him to get pace now uh, is a good sign. Uh, just getting more comfortable in the car after kind of having early struggles uh, earlier in the season. Obviously, he wasn't even comfortable in the car at all. And now it looks like this Grand Prix finished sixth and uh, was able to be the better car for most of that race, too, and better driver for most of that race. And uh, even though at the end lost to uh, Norris, I think he, with the, this weekend, I think it gives a boost of confidence for him. And going forward, as we go to, uh, some of these uh, races throughout the season, like Spa, like uh, Silverstone, I think uh, you'll you'll see a better uh, Daniel Ricardo. And then uh, for AlphaTauri, um, would like to see what Pierre Gasly is able to do. You know, last year he ended up winning uh, the Italian Grand Prix and at kind of a surprise race. So would like to see what, what kind of strategy they have uh, later in the year if they can pull off something like that again and. You know, for Alpine, looks like uh, Alonso is carrying the team and at least able to score some points, uh, you know, eighth place points uh, this time. And I think for uh, for Alpha or for um, Aston Martin, looks like right now they just have uh, ninth and tenth place uh, type pace right now. Um, and maybe every now and then they're going to figure out some kind of strategy or alternative strategy to uh, you maybe use hard tires like they did with uh, Vettel here in this race in France and try to score higher than that. But it looks like right now they're carrying the back or the very end of the points right there. So I think that's what it looks like for right now. But we'll have to see you know, later in the season, does Ferrari uh, recover from this race and try to uh, improve on, on their pace? Uh, do we see other teams uh, try to uh, maybe get in the points? Does something like that happen? I don't know. We'll we'll see. But looks like uh, McLaren and then um, everybody else from from there. Uh, that that looks like that's what the midfield battle is. 
And we'll have just a couple of days to find out how everything goes because we'll be in the first of two races at Austria in uh, Red Bull Ring uh, starting Friday with the Styrian Grand Prix. Uh, we will go from one open wheel series to another. We'll go to the Indy cars that ran uh, at Road America, one of the uh, historic circuits in our great country. And the uh, Rev Group Grand Prix at Road America with the driver that usually drives a Rev Group car, uh, Joseph Newgarden. And he dominated the race, led 32 of the races, 55 laps, but ended up on the bad side of uh, a mechanical uh my electronics issue, whatever, with two laps to go on a restart because um trying to remember who spun out there. I think or Ed Jones had, oh yeah, Ed Jones had a suspension problem and uh, spun out a Canada corner and they had to basically run a green-white checkered and that green-white checkered basically ended Joseph Newgarden. The only car that finished behind him was Jimmy Johnson who who was uh, trying or he thought he was driving his old uh, Chevy uh, Chevy uh, trophy truck through the grass coming through the um, back section just before the carousel and uh, spun his car off the track. And the amount of people that are ragging on him is building, unfortunately for him, but it's to be 45 years old and having to try a brand new uh, motorsport series and something as difficult as the IndyCar series. It's kind of, it's ballsy, but then that's Jimmy Johnson for you. He'll, he'll sit there and he's been humbled the last few years. So it's kind of like, well, it's kind of more of the same while his team and his cars go out and well, not his cars, Chase Elliott's cars go out with, with his team and win every single week in the cup series. He's running tailback in an IndyCar, but I'm getting into that in more detail, but, the Alex Pillow was the beneficiary on Sunday of New Garden's problems. You know, New Garden had dominated and uh, qualified on pole and got hosed, really. Alex Pillow gets a second career win and uh, beats Colton Herta. Will Power finished third. Scott Dixon fourth. Roman Grosjean finished fifth. Marcus Erickson sixth. So continuing his momentum after winning at Detroit, Rossi seventh. It's been a couple of years now since Alexander Rossi won his last race. Takuma Sato eighth, Pato Award ninth. Not his best weekend while he came into this race with the points lead and promptly handed it back to Alex Pillow. Max Chilton, one of his best runs he's ever had frankly, um, and he finished ahead of his BFF Green Rehaul in 11th. Oliver Askew, who was a few seconds away from possibly backing into a victory, um, he had to pit, and then next thing you know, Ed Jones spun out. Um, that would have been something for Oliver Askew filling in for Renus VK in the um, uh, 21 Ed Carpenter car. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's, I'm trying to look here. Yeah, Jack Harvey had a nightmare race. Uh, 
Simon Pagano at a nightmare race. I I gave credit to Cody Ware. Um, he he sucks in a stock car, uh, but honestly, he didn't embarrass himself this weekend. He wasn't in the way. He actually drove clean. Uh, he looked like he belonged out there. So I was I gave credit to him. I mean I'm no fan of his dad and his business practices or whatever the hell he wants to call whatever the hell he does in NASCAR. Um hopefully he gets a gets a hint from what Spire did selling their two charters to um Matt Collig and sells t- two charters, one to Trackhouse and one to twenty three eleven for the betterment of the sport. If he wants to run around tailback running like shit, then he could do that with an open car and a chartered car. Or maybe give one of those charters back to Richard, the petty organization, so that they could sell it or lease it to somebody else that may want it and then help them in regards to whatever they need to do to possibly move their team along. Um, I digress on that. yeah, New Garden dominates, but Pillow swoops through after a couple of close calls here recently for Pillow, especially at the Indianapolis 500. He's the beneficiary here, and now he solidifies himself as a title favorite, a 28-point lead now going to mid-Ohio here in a couple of weeks' time over Pato Award, and 53 points on his own teammate, Scott Dixon, and uh, if uh, I don't think we thought that Alex Pillow and Pato Award would be the top two in points halfway through the season, but it is a pretty cool thing to see, especially in indie cars, for how deep and how talented this group is. Yeah, I think we didn't think that Alex Pillow would be this type of driver this year, but here he is leading the points, um, getting his second career win, and not only is he leading the points, but he's been pretty consistent so far uh, to start the year, especially in the uh, last month. I mean, the only bad result he had was the first round at Bell or at Bell Hill in Detroit uh, last or yeah, last weekend. But uh, in this race, he was able to stay close to new garden, especially after they had their final pit stop or what should have been their final pit stop of the race and was uh, well within uh, one second of uh, new garden throughout that last run before the final caution. And I really thought that uh, he was going to be able to pass new garden there, but uh, new garden was able to stay in front of him uh, until that caution. And then the restart happened and is basically what happened to willpower last week. He got screwed over by a caution and new garden is when he got to fifth gear, it wouldn't go anymore. And, uh, ended up finishing 23rd in that race, which is unfortunate for him. But for Pillow, uh, all the fortune goes to him, and he's able to, uh, ex- or I guess, take the lead and take charge in the series right now. Uh, I think Paddle Award still has something left as we uh, move forward throughout the year, uh, especially as he finished uh, second, or he's second in the point standings right now, but in the, this race, uh, finished in eighth. Uh, or ninth place. So uh, while not as impressive as the win, he's still hanging tight with uh, Pillow there. And I think as we progress uh, throughout the rest of the season, especially as we go to the last oval at Gateway and uh, as we go to other uh, tracks throughout the schedule, like uh, Mid-Ohio, 
the uh, Portland Indianapolis Grand Prix Laguna Seca. I think we're really going to see uh, what Pato Awards made of and uh, what kind of uh, car will uh, Aero McLaren SP bring to the track to try to challenge uh, below this year. And you know we still count uh, count out Scott Dixon. He was able to finish uh, in fourth place, so just missing the podium. But I think uh, you know they still are in third place. Uh, they're losing ground to his teammate, but of course still can't count him out as long as he's within earshot of the points lead. So uh, we'll have to see what they what they will do. But it looks like within Ganassi, it seems like Pelo has the advantage right now, which seems like almost like a passing of the torch in a way. It could be, maybe it is, but uh, still have a lot of ways to go in the season. And then also I would like to mention uh, Romain Grosjean, the wild moves that he made at the end of the race there. Uh, was able to make a pretty wild pass uh, to the inside of Graham Ray Hall into turn five uh, off of one of the last restarts after uh, the restart from the Felix Rosenquist caution. He was able to, or um, Kevin Magnuson caution, he was able to uh, go to the inside of Ray Hall there and make that move. And then also at the end of the race, going to the outside in the same turn against Alexander Rossi there. That was a, a pretty wild move, and it shows just uh, what Roman Grosjean can do in any car. And hopefully he's able to, to uh, continue on in the series. I think this is where he belongs and definitely can make a name for himself here in the States uh, running IndyCar and definitely uh, with the coin cars, with the pace that they have, uh, the strategy that they do. Uh, I think it's definitely a good fit for, for him uh, kind of, you know, one of the second tier cars in any car, but they, they, they are able to uh, get good finishes with the former uh, formula one driver and Roman Grosjean. So I was really impressed with him uh, throughout that run uh, in that race. And uh, Rossi had a good result and uh, children had a good result as well in uh, road America. Yeah. I mean, something when you consider where the Putin Haas cars are running in France and the two drivers that used to drive for that team were both up front at road America and Indy cars, uh, this past weekend. And in Kevin Magnuson's case, he actually led laps and, uh, he on an alternate strategy, but he led laps. Grosjean just missed out on the fast six and was up front making moves like he was known for when he was at his peak. You know, I don't know, I guess nearly a decade ago in Formula One. So, I mean, it's it's good to see, and it goes back to years and years ago. I mean, it started with ML, and it's gone on that these Formula One drivers, whether they were champ, world champions or not, come to the States, run an IndyCar, and are able to kind of have a second career of sorts. And I think in Grosjean's case, he's going to run the full season next year. Um, Kevin Magnuson kind of showed in the limited time he outran Rosenquist too. So, I mean, you start, you're starting to wonder what is going to happen. I mean, it's a shame what happened to Felix Rosenquist at Detroit, but I think Oliver Askew was running on pace, uh, but then they had a, a, they had electronic problems. They didn't want to blow the engine up. Uh, you had Kevin Magnuson. Yeah, he didn't have much time, of course, with practice, but didn't have great qualifying, but he ran up front. And I think at the end of the day, he probably is another guy that you would think would belong in an Indy car, uh, you know. So it, it's it's something to see for, you know, the kind of talent that's around and available, and whether they're in sports cars or they're in Indy cars, I think it's a good thing, uh, giving variety to 
motorsports fans like us to go and see some of these great talents that may have been underutilized or under uh, not having the best uh, equipment. And now they're in good equipment and they're able to show their talents here in the States for our benefit. So, yeah, I mean, basically the points right now, there's three drivers. It's a three driver race. New Garden's 88 points back, two races in a row losing uh, the lead, but it wasn't as bad uh, at Detroit. He only finished, he finished second instead of finishing 23rd or whatever. So he lost a ton of points. Pagano, 94 points back. VK, of course, missing the race because of the shoulder injury. Uh, false 106 points back. Herda's 107. So there's a close battle between sixth and through eighth is only four points. Graham Ray Hall's kind of in his own island. Sato and pa- Power are in their own little mini battle right there on the top 10. So it's really a three-horse race. Second half of the season starts on July fourth weekend at Mid-Ohio. So we will see. Can Scott Dixon win his seventh race there? Can Polo continue his charge uh, to be the, the first non Scott uh, non Dixon champion at Ganassi since uh, Dario Franchitti or whatever, or Dario Franchitti, or I don't know how you word it that way, but I have that up. But, you know, that, or will Pato Award look like Juan Pablo Monteria as his uh, car owner, uh, Zach Brown, compared him to, uh, and somehow or another swoop through uh, and and be able to win this championship. He has been a guy who's won championships. You give him the time, you give him the support. He's a championship level driver, and frankly, he probably should be in Formula One. But I think you could say that about Colton Herta too. But that's why Egghead and uh, and uh, what the hell is his name? Mick uh, Mick Schumacher. Well, no, not Mick yeah. Schumacher, but it's like Egghead and. And Latifi and oh, yeah. the likes like that are in Formula One, but we at least we have those good drivers here instead of ride buying douchebags there. From ride buying douchebags to hard R speakers who seemingly have traction control, we'll go to the uh, Nashville Super Speedway Ally 400. Um, and uh hard r another uh victory another couple of stage another stage win let all but what is it 36 laps in the race on on sunday the 17th uh race 17th race of the season so there's still 20 races to go overall and uh but larson is now after all these stage wins, all these playoff points, all this right now, uh, we keep on talking about him being the favorite or whatever. I mean, I, he is a favorite now. He hasn't lost a race in a while. Uh, you know, so it's you got to start wondering what the heck's, where the heck the, the five is going to be when it counts. Uh, you have two races at Pocono. This, uh, Coming weekend, then you have Road America, a second race at Atlanta. Of course, they dominated the Atlanta race um, in the the in March, 
and they weren't able to close the deal there. But this is a 400 miler, which is basically the replacement to Kentucky. They'll go to New Hampshire. And then there will be a two-week Olympic break before they run a couple more road course races at Watkins Glen and Indianapolis for the replacement of the Brickyard 400 will be the Verizon 200. And then MIS, which is a uh, Kyle Larson benefit track and Daytona. So, yeah, Kyle Larson goes and wins at... uh, at um, Nashville Super Speedway. Just give me a sec here on Father's Day. So good for him. And uh, over Ross Chastain, who had a really fast car late in the race, was kind of hoping they would have thrown a yellow. I think Chastain would have been able to win his first cup race there. Byron uh, finishes third. Eric Almarola started on pole. I mean, it helped he had a good draw. In qualifying, but he ran up front all day. And Harvick fifth, so SHR fourth and fifth. O Richard sixth, Suarez seventh, Kurt Busch eighth from 30th, Christopher Bell ninth, and Joey Logano tenth. Uh, the guy who called his car a bucket of fuck at one point during the day uh, was the only car that was in the same zip code as Kyle Larson early in the race. And then they, I guess, fucked it up. Kyle Busch finished 11th and having to recover. I think he had a penalty there. Uh, some of these other guys that came through, I mean, Reddick spun out a couple of times. He had issues. There's 19 cars on lead lap. I think Eric Jones had a better car times than where he finished. LaJoy actually finished in the top 15, uh, which is something. Martin Truex was basically nowhere. All day, a horrible qualifying run, and never really went anywhere. Same for Brad Keselowski, uh, D. Burrito. I mean, they freaking Brad Keselowski was a lap down. D. Burrito's two laps down. Bubba Wallace is a lap down. I mean, there, there's the guys that were lap down are some interesting. You know, Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin, Drex, and Mark, Brad Keselowski. Uh, the guys that uh, had some unfortunate, you know, situations. The Two other SHR cars, Cole Custer was up front and uh, had issues. And then Chase Briscoe was running in the top 10. Really, was a, he finished the third in the second stage, led for five laps. He had a car that I think was a top 10 car for sure, possibly a top five car, and fails, brake failure uh, cost him a big run and you know that you know priest had the same problem a couple days after winning we'll talk about that he had issues blaney had issues all day uh busher and haley crashed at the same time with tire issues uh quinn huff and his and his team really shows how much they care they didn't even bother to tighten his tires down uh, they just allowed a right run tire or whatever, one of them tires to fall off on the first lap of the race. So that tells you the quality control the double zero team is about um, and how much they really care about Quinn Hoff. Uh, but Clyde, who finished, I think he had actually finished second in the race or third in the race or something. Before, I think he was like top 10. Or some crap like that. 
he was somewhere in the end. He was in the top five, top 10, and he got DQ'd because they had like, I don't know how many lugs were were loose across multiple wheels. So he got DQ'd and he finished behind Quinn Huff. So that's an ignominious end to say the least. Um, well, Hendrick Motorsports, I think we're, we've been talking about that for I don't know how many weeks now. And uh, Young Money, Hard R, uh, continuing his, this this hot streak, Tim Richmond-like hot streak that he's been on for the last few weeks. So I guess uh, the question is, uh, when will it end? Or will it end? Uh, I don't know when it's going to end. I think uh, with a lot of these tracks coming up, this is going to be the summer of Kyle Larson. And yeah, I think they could probably win Pocono. Uh, at least one of their races would be hard to win both of them. But Kyle Larson seems to excel on the super speedways, uh, the flat super speedways. And I think uh, Pocono is one of those tracks that you could uh, get at least one of those victories. Uh, but I think for, for this race at Nashville, uh, he was able to put his car really anywhere on the racetrack. You know, he was able to go through the middle at the start of the race pass uh, in the middle uh kyle bush and eric almarola then take the lead and take off after that he was able to use the high side he was able to use the the low line and pass cars uh and you know he got back in traffic after a caution that happened when he pitted and then he was able to get back up to the front and it shows just how good of a car he has right now shows what he's able to do when he has a good car so for this race uh it continues to show uh, the domination that he's just putting on the field right now in uh, the series. And uh, I think for Larson, he's right now an early championship favorite with the amount of laps he's led, the amount of stages he's won. Now he's won four races, the most in the series so far. So going forward, I think that the challenges for the series is when, when will they beat Carl Larson? Where are they going to beat him? Um, it's uh, normally the summer races in the cup series are, kind of wild in the terms of in terms of uh, the diversity of winners it's where we get a lot of unexpected winners uh, at least in the last decade or so that's how it seems like it's felt like to me but it seems like Kyle Larson could definitely win a lot of these races uh, uh, coming up through the summer as we prepare for the NASCAR playoffs so for him he's probably gonna win the regular season championship and and as long as uh, they don't mess it up in the uh, the playoffs, he'll be a, a favorite going into Phoenix. So that's what it looks like for him. Uh, Chastain, like you said, uh, had a really good car at the end, probably had the fastest car at the end, but it was just too far back uh, for Kyle Larson. And and then uh, Byron had a pretty good car too, was able to recover from pre-race penalty, getting sent to the back because of underproved adjustments. SHR with Almirola and Harvick. Uh, they were able to get good finishes. I think Stenhouse is a surprise. He was up there for a bit, up in second uh, for a good middle portion of that race and ended up in sixth. And then, uh, you know, Daniel Sara is able to, at their, I guess, what's their home track now, is able to get a seventh place finish. So that was good. And of course, you know, the bucket of fuck with Kyle Busch. Uh, I mean, it reminds me of uh, in Formula One, there was a scene in, I think, in a movie where, uh, I guess, uh, Nicky Lauda was criticizing Ferrari's car and he called it a shit box and said that to Ferrari and they couldn't believe him. Well, it, you know, there's been times throughout history where really good drivers just hated their car. And that was an example of this race. And I think it kind of 
uh, has a lot to do with the package that they brought throughout the weekend because they had the low downforce, uh, um, low brake package, uh, and 750 horsepower for Nashville Super Speedway, just kind of an intermediate track. And I thought it worked well. Seems like cars were able to struggle and drivers were, ha- were having to struggle to get their race cars turning throughout the corners. And even though, you know, there ultimately wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, racing up front, you still saw drivers struggle uh, as they tried to make their cars work throughout the course of a, a fuel run or a tire run. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, you know, we'll lead into the, the, uh, brake issues that a lot of teams had, and the, also the tire failures that happened early on in the race. Uh, I think those issues led itself uh, because of the uh, low downforce package that NASCAR brought. But I think ultimately uh, those issues probably fall onto the teams. Uh, I think the package worked well on its own. It was just a new racetrack. A lot of teams just missed the setup and uh, trying to conserve the brakes and conserve the tires throughout uh, the course of the race. So I think that was a, a big issue for, you know, for Chase Briscoe was an issue for Ryan Blaney, but overall uh, I think this race was uh, a good example of what the 750 package can do. And on one end with drivers struggling and having to really drive the car. And then also, you know, when you have one team that can really hit the setup uh, this, this is the result you can end up with, with, uh, Kyle Larson dominating the race there. Yeah. And it's something to see about, you know, with that rules package, I, I don't think that it was, it was a bad for once they actually had a pack a rules package. It actually suited a track. Um, some teams, as you said, Josh missed with not only what kind of brakes to use, uh, but just kind of the the penetrant, whatever they used on the track, also kind of changed things up a bit. You know, Badger was going to bring a super hard tire no matter what, uh, so you're going to build up a lot of heat. So all these things in in play, they had practice, albeit a short amount of time to practice, but they had practice. Uh, the teams that showed up, I mean, SHR... For the first time, I think all year, all four cars are actually good. Uh, that's the first time you could say that in a while. Uh, Penske was kind of all over the map, but mostly terrible. The Gibbs cars were all over the map, uh, but the Hendrick cars were up front. And, you know, the there were some other cars that kind of had some good days, you know, Chastain and Kurt Busch, a lot of the the Chevy teams in general really had a great day. Um, and that's probably a good sign if you're a fan of the Bowtie Brigade. In terms of the points, uh, nothing really significant other than Larson's now within 10 points of the overall championship lead. Of course, he leads the theoretical playoff standings because he has four wins more than anybody else. Uh, Truex, one more than Truex. Then he has 12 stage wins, which is by far the most of anybody in the series. Next best is Denny Amlin of five. He has a 14-point lead in regards to playoff points. So that all those things, everything's in Kyle Larson's favor right now. Um, going to Pocono, of course, if Hamlin can 
go and do something he's done many times before at Pocono, get that win. It might turn things around, switch things up a little bit for him and his uh, chase to kind of stay ahead of Larson. Uh, Hendrick currently owns second, third, and fourth in points. And then you have, uh, I mean, the gaps are kind of, uh, depend like Harvick Blaney, it's seven points, but Harvick hasn't won a race yet this year. Dylan's third for the drivers. I haven't won. Reddick fourth. Busher is on the bubble by, uh, what is it, uh, 18, 24 points over Kurt Busch um, as of now. And that's then you have Stenhouse, D. Benedetto, and Chastain, Suarez, Wallace uh, there. And then the Briscoe, Custer, and Almirola, we were talking about them. Uh, they're 26th through 28th in points. That's the best run that Almirola's had all year. And he's still 19 points behind Cole Custer. And he's only 32 points out of Corey LaJoy. Um, at least it isn't as close as I thought it was between Briscoe and Alfredo. They're trying to sell it. It goes much closer, but it really isn't. Uh, but it's kind of a unfortunate circumstance right now. Like when it comes to Alfredo, you know, he hasn't had any top 10, top 5. Chase Briscoe's had one top 10. Uh, I'm just looking through this in regards to the rookie battle. Uh, average of 26. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Briscoe's a better rookie. Um, but that's not unexpected. Going to Xfinity, uh, Kyle Bush won his hundredth race. Uh it basically um you figure that would have happened a while ago. Obviously, uh, if it weren't for the Kyle Bush rules, probably would have happened a while ago. Uh They'll be racing at Pocono this Sunday afternoon, weather permitting. Uh, but in the eh, Tennessee Lottery 250, Kyle Busch took down his 100th Xfinity Series win. Sindrick crashed, uh, but led 53 laps, won the first stage. Um, Still has a points lead, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, 36 cars in this field. Did, who, did anyone fail to qualify? Oh, yeah. Six people. Fincham, Hill. So two of the B, whatever, MDM cars, Jeffrey Earnhardt. So two uh, of the um, Davis cars, the 90, and then Greg Alding. That's a shame. Uh, but they let Joe Graff Jr. make the show. Oh, well. Whatever. Um, yeah, so... Oh, Natalie Decker actually was in their race. Who cares? Uh, was it, oh, Will Rogers actually got a top 15. Reddick finished 15th for uh, Jordan Anderson. And so Kyle Busch, Justin Allgaier, Harrison Burton, Josh Berry in his last uh, race for um, Junior Motorsports. And uh, A.J. Allmendinger. In the fifth position, uh, Sam Mayer will be in the eight cars starting this weekend. Um, and for the next year plus, uh, he'll be in, in a junior motorsports car. Hopefully, it will replace Gagson 
Uh, Bruckshot Jones, Burton, Gagson, Austin Hill, Herbst, the top 10. So, uh, yeah, Kyle Busch, 100 wins. Yippee. Yeah, Kyle Busch won 100 races now, so two more races left for the year in Xfinity for Kyle Busch, and then we'll see if uh, he decides to go on his word on retiring from the series or uh, is he going to just take the money from Joe Gibbs and run races next year or whatever. I think uh, Ty Gibbs probably deserves to be in that car more than anybody with the way he's ran so far this year and his limited appearances. But Kyle Busch uh, finally gets number 100, had to battled uh, just Nagar there at the end to do it. Uh, There's a couple of restarts there where uh, they were uh, side by side off a of turn four and you know, they're really having to drive the cars off of that turn. And of course there was that, that yellow at the end, the crash with uh, ended up with Austin Sindrick uh, crashing out of the race. And also uh, Hemrick was in that as well. Uh, and a rare uh, result for Austin Sindrick where they wrecked out of the race and uh, kind of gives a, an opportunity for Asia Almendinger to get back into the championship or at least uh, make up some of the gap uh, in the championship. So I think um, at the end of the day, um, it looks like Kyle Busch, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to tell kind of where the championship is because Kyle Busch is winning all these races. and uh, But at the same time, you know, right now it looks like uh, Almendinger is continuing to put together solid results. Uh, Justin Allgaier is consistently getting top fives. Uh, Harrison Burton, uh, looks like he's also getting uh, consistent top fives as well. So it looks like, you know, besides the crash with Cindric, I mean, it's the battle looks like it's going to be between those four drivers uh, or five drivers as they uh, go throughout the rest of the season here uh, in Xfinity. I mean, the, the rest of the field is whatever. I mean, they, you, know, you have um, guys like uh, Michael Annette who will probably make the playoffs. Uh, Clements will probably make the playoffs. Um, uh, I think, uh, Jeb Burton's going to make the, I mean, he's already in the playoffs. And so I think with uh, a lot of these guys, they, um, you know, they, they're going to have their results in Xfinity, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the, the championship for, or at least the contenders in the playoffs as we uh, progress towards that is going to be Al Guyer, uh, Burton, Almondinger, and then Austin Zidrick there. And you probably have to look at, Hamrick, if you'd ever win a race and get out of this bad luck streak, it'd be something, but because um, he knows how to points race. That's one thing he's proven over all these years. Um, but the Xfinity series right now, I mean, it's a 90 point gap for Cindric. He has a nine point lead in playoff points. So he's going to win the regular season more than likely. Um, Almendinger is only 10 points ahead of Hamrick overall. Then uh, Harrison Burton's 27 points behind his teammate. Allgaier, Burton, Almendinger, Sindrick, as you said, Harrison Burton. And you have, um, what is it here? I mean, Haley is eligible, so he'll make it. Brockshot Jones, so you eight, nine. Clements right now would make it in. Uh, Brandon Brown, uh, the... Clements, I think, is on the bump as it stands because Myatt Snyder's outside of the top 12 in points, which is pathetic. Um, he is three points behind Brandon Brown right now, but because of the win at Homestead, he is locked into the playoff. So it tells you how bad that team is. 
how bad Myatt Snyder really is when you're behind fucking Riley Herbst. I mean, he only has he has one less top five than Riley Herbst and one less top ten. That is that is epically terrible. He has the same average finish as Riley Herbst. Like like how? They, wow, that's that is fucking awful. I mean, Brandon Brown's better than both of them. Honestly, better average finish, uh, starting position, whatever, around the same. Laps total is around what Snyder's doing. He has more top tens. I mean, this series is weak, but man, it's like you're bottom feeding here. I mean, Gagson couldn't finish races for weeks, and he's still ninth in points. Annette's Annette, and he's garbage. You know, there's there's such a there's basically this huge gap after like Justin Haley, um, who will be going to Cup next year with College Racing full time. There's just like this huge cliff that the rest of the field falls off. I mean, if Josh Berry had the money, I think, and or they allowed him to run the full season or whatever, gave him a waiver, it might make the playoffs look a little better, but that won't happen. Uh, but, whew, man, that was a really shitty back end of this playoff. I mean, it really won't matter. I mean, for as good as the Xfinity series had been the last two or three years, uh, it's definitely dropped off a cliff. And then once you add, have Sindrick move on and Justin Haley, amongst others probably, the Xfinity series is going to be pretty weak. Uh, they're hoping Ty Gibbs versus Sam Mayer becomes a thing here in the Xfinity series because it's certain. Uh, the truck series uh, ran at Nashville, of course, and uh, what is it called? Uh, Brian Priest uh, wins his first career truck series race. And it led eight laps. Enfinger and Chandler Smith, uh, along with Derek Krause, who had the pole, uh, but then he crashed. He won one stage, but he crashed. William Byron blew up driving a Rackley roofing uh, second truck in the Rackley roofing 200 inaugural Rackley roofing 200. Um, Priest over Gillen, so a DGR 1 2, Enfinger third, Zane Smith fourth, Friesen fifth, Crafton sixth, Ben Road seven, Time Ajeski eighth, so Three uh three Thorsport trucks, six through eighth. And Austin Hill getting double top ten this weekend. And then John Hunter Nemechek uh started tailback and uh finished tenth. Uh so Jack Wood. That's a great name. Jack Wood. Um Chevy Accessories twenty-four finished eleventh. Uh so, yeah, I mean, Priest wins the Truck Series race, um, the, the his first of his career. And yeah, nobody of great significance. Uh, Brett Holmes got sent home. That sucks. But um, the 15th and the 38th. So the 38 had to, had to start tailback because of failing inspection, still came back to second. Uh, the 15 is his teammate, basically. And uh, Tanner Gray ran where Tanner Gray usually does, which is mid-pack. Um, 
I mean, interesting race. There was really three trucks that were up front most of the day. Uh, the the end finger truck, Chandler Smith and Derek Krause. But in in the end, uh, Ryan Priest was the one who used strategy or used track position to go and sneak out his first career truck series win. One of two races he'll be racing this weekend as well in a truck um, at Pocono. But uh, good for the uh, modified guy, the current Cup Series regular, but a guy who's um, nomad of sorts who jumps in other vehicles and seems to win in those um, while he kind of struggles in the Cup Series. Yeah, this was one of the more interesting races of the weekend, probably the most interesting one with uh, the way the way it ended up playing out. And you know, we saw Ryan Priest get his first win, first start in the series, uh, and was able to pass Grant Finger there at the end, um, which uh, would would have liked to see Grant Finger win that race uh, in, with his, I guess, bid to try to get into the playoffs running for multiple teams. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, I think in this event, I mean, yeah, like you said, there was really only a couple of cars that were competitive within finger and, uh, uh, Chandler Smith. And then of course, Derek Krause, who, uh, got wrecked, uh, there at the end with, uh, or towards the end of the race with, uh, Josh Berry and they got into it on the back stretch and Krause had a pretty hard hit in turn three there. And, uh, I think for, for them, that was a, probably a, a, a good car that they could have, uh, had to win the race maybe, but and you get taken out and they, they had a, a pull winning car too. So unfortunate for them, um, uh, in this, uh, truck series standings, I think we also have to talk about that. I mean, Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek uh, is the point leader and we would have thought he would have been the guy to beat this weekend, but he wasn't. And, uh, a rare, uh, top 10 or a rare 10th place finish for him. And that was a unexpected result for him, but they'll probably recover uh, somewhere else. And then, you know, you have Ben Rhodes who's solidly in second place and Austin Hills uh, solidly in third place. And then Todd Gilliland had a second place result here this weekend you know, after starting all the way in the back, but was able to make it up as second. So looks like he's uh pretty solid for the playoffs. And then Zane Smith uh, also got a fourth place finish. So he's looking like he's going to be a guy to look out for in the playoffs. We'll have to see. But uh, overall, I mean, uh, first winner in this series, and then uh, I guess w- with the the difference of leaders, it was you know hard to tell who was going to win their one at the end, or you know going towards the end of this race, who was going to win the race. But uh, overall, I mean, I think Truck Series race was probably the better race of the three races at Nashville this weekend. Yeah, it's probably because of how everything relative horsepower and arrow. I think it probably suits this track, but it would be better if they're all at the fairgrounds. Hopefully that'll happen here soon enough. Uh, what is, where are we at? Go and go through all of that. And we'll go to the SRX, which uh, saw Anthony Wayne Stewart win his uh, first race in the SRX. First race on... Big TV, first big win in five years. You know, of course, uh, Snoroma 2016 uh, goes and wins uh, at Knoxville. His first win as a driver at Knoxville. They mentioned it multiple times, all the Knoxville Nationals victories he has as an owner. 
between uh, Danny Lasoski and uh, Donnie Schatz. Uh, Donnie Schatz, of course, who uh, just got his 300th World of Outlaws victory here a few days ago. So congrats to one of the greatest ever. Uh, Smoke won over Haley Deegan and uh, Ernie Francis Jr. finished third. Uh, that go into RX. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of uh, the racing, it seemed better. They made changes. They listened to the fans. They made the names names bigger. They made the numbers bigger. Um, they agend- adjusted the, the lengths of the, the, what do you call, heats. And uh, they, they, it seemed like it was a very fan-friendly, and it was a nice, condensed, um, tight uh, uh, race run in, in a TV time frame, which something that NASCAR could learn from. Um, most, I mean, Formula One does it pretty much fine, and IndyCar to a point does it fine, but NASCAR really could learn from how um, SRX, literally, they went on, I think, at 8 o'clock on CBS, and I think 8.02, they fired engines. So it tells you, you know, less is more. Uh, and personally, the racing wasn't bad. You're able to pass, had multiple grooves. Uh, you know, Paul Tracy did Paul Tracy things and uh, crashed as usual because he's a bitch. Um, you know, the you know, Scott Bloomquist actually, yeah, so Scott Bloomquist actually won the the second heat over Ernie Francis. You know, Tony Stewart won the first heat over Marco and Deegan. Uh, MW55 finished third in the second heat. Um, him and Tracy are getting into it. Then Tracy, of course, wrecked uh, four laps into the race. Bill, he had some sort of electrical issue in the feature. Then was it Waltrip uh, actually passed Tony Stewart and led for a few laps? And Tony said that if he had lost to if he had lost to um, Michael Waltrip, he'd had to go to therapy. Um, I believe that because most people, when you lose to Michael Waltrip, would want to go to therapy. Um, so yeah, the Alio finished fourth, got into some argy bargy. Uh, Bobby Labani quietly finished sixth. Brian Brown, the ringer uh, for the weekend, uh, the Knoxville track champion in World of Outlaw in 410 sprint cars, kind of just struggled the whole night. I never been in a fendered car, so that probably would do like a and that and with that kind of uh, role and all that. Bloomquist started fourth, finished ninth, so whatever. Uh, any did you get to watch or do you have anything from the SRX at all I mean this was a pretty entertaining race for the series and you, you made the point about the fitting in the time window for DV I mean if it's for dirt track racing in general uh, dirt track races you know tend to be uh, a lot shorter uh, in comparison to other series and I think it you know with the the format change that they made for this race I think fit well for the format or for the 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 track type 
So that was a good move by them. And then also by comparison with NASCAR, I mean, if you look at length of time in real time for uh, their races, it lasts about as long as uh, an NFL game does in real time, as long as a basketball and uh, baseball games in real time. But of course, uh, different sports and different things happen within those things. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, NASCAR has to improve the racing product most of all, but back to SRX, uh, I think Tony Stewart, I mean, no surprise that he won this race at Knoxville. Uh, I, I thought, I mean, the series creator series owner winning the race, uh, pretty interesting. And, uh, Haley Ding, Haley Ding was able to finish second, uh, in her race and, uh, started, you know, she had a third place finish in the first heat and then second in the feature. Uh, so, you know, she's able at least, you know, Tony Stewart's an active dirt racer and, and she was able to go door to door with her for, or with him for a couple of laps. So at least uh, she has a little bit of talent in the dirt cars. Um, and you know, when you, I guess, give her a good car, but you know, it goes for a lot of people, a uh, good result for Ernie Francis, you know, he's a guy that does Trans Am mostly not really a whole lot of stock car experience or dirt racing experience at all. And is able to finish third and, uh, Elio is able to uh, get a good result in fourth. And, you know, of course, Michael Waltrip was able to lead laps there in, uh, fifth and, or faded to fifth, but, you know, he's able to lead laps and I think, uh, for, for this race, yeah, I, shows Michael Waltrip when you give him a good car, he can be competitive. You know, he almost won the second heat of the first race and was able to uh, finish third in the uh, second heat of uh, this race and uh, led laps in the future. So, uh, you know, good runs for a lot of these old timers. And then on the flip side, you know, I think with Haley Deegan finishing second, you know, she obviously replaced uh, Tony Kanaan who had other commitments and you have to wonder, you know, with Tony Kanaan, he has a little bit of dirt racing experience as well, having raced in uh, prelude to the dream. So uh, definitely would have liked to see what uh, he could have done in, in that car uh, at this track and, you know, compare him to uh, Elio Krasneves with open wheel driver, Willie T ribs, also former open wheel driver. And then of course, you know, Paul Tracy is you know, terrible, but you know, he has open wheel experience as well. So uh, a lot of these guys uh, who, you know, are, you know, old has-beens or uh, are basically on the tail ends of their careers and you know, they're still able to still get it done for the most part. Yeah. And we're going to go and see them at Tony's house at, uh, Eldora Speedway this weekend for race three of six in the championship before they go back to run, um, what is it, IRP, Slinger, and uh, I forget what the, I just, it was on there, so the, I'll be running, they'll be running, uh, yeah, IRP, Slinger, and the Nashville Fairgrounds, as I mentioned, the one I won the Cup Series ago, too. Uh, we'll uh, see all that. Um, Tony Stewart is leading the points over Ernie Francis in the regular drivers. I think they show the standings also with everybody that's competed, has been competing, but the ringers as well. Not sure who's assigned this week for uh, the race at uh, at uh, Eldora. Uh, we will go from SRX to the uh, roundup, the GSP roundup for this week. Busy, as always, now that uh, we're in the full swing of um, racing season. 
MotoGP ran at Soxenring in Germany. Uh, Mark Marquez, the king of the Soxenring, who has never been beaten there, continued that. A great start for him led to his first victory in a few years. A couple of years, he had the serious arm injury and was knocked out for all of last year and struggled early this year after missing a couple of races to um, get back on pace. Bike hasn't been even to his liking, uh, but he was able to go and win at Sox and Ring over Miguel Oliveira and Fabio Quattuaro and uh, Binder, Bagnaya, top five. So KTM's second and fourth, three manufacturers and represented the top five. The Ducati teammates, Bagnaya and Miller, fifth and sixth. Alex Chespargro started on the front row, finished seventh. Joan Zarco finished eighth. Joanne Mir, defending world champion, ninth. Pola Spargo, tenth. In the point standings, Quattararo has a 21 or 22 point lead over Zarco and a 31 point lead over Jack Miller. Bagnai is fourth, Mir fifth. Uh, right now, Mark Marquez is 10th in points. He's 12 points behind Alicia Spargaro, 15 behind Brad Binder. So those that's for Moto GP. And then for Moto 2, go to the results for the race at Soxenring. Sees Remy Gardner get another victory. Aaron Kinnett finished second. Marco Besecchi finished third. Fabio Di Giantonio fourth and Sam Lowe's fifth. Yeah, you had Cameron Bobier getting a 10th place finish. Uh, so best finish for him so far this year. Um, what's it called? Joe Roberts crashed out of the race on lap 27. So just before the end of the race, he crashed out with Javi Vieje and Ayagura. So that's a shame there. Probably was running in the points. Up there in the points, pretty good. So a good run for Cameron Bobier. It's been a struggle in his rookie year. Uh, Joe Roberts falls to eighth in points after a third non-points finish so far. Gardner extends his points lead with his third consecutive victory. And he's finished no worse than fourth in any race so far this year, too. So, uh, what is it, uh, 34, 36 points over Raul Fernandez. Basecki is third. Lowe's fourth. DG Antonio's fifth. Um, and then Bobier with his... Um, actually, yeah, he actually finished... Uh, yeah, so... 10th place in the chase. So he's actually finished in the top 10, but other third top 10 of the year. He's 15th in points. He's only uh, eight points out of 12th, and he's 13 points out of 10th. So, possibility of getting a top 10 in points here if he can turn things around a bit, get some better results. They'll be running at uh, Austin, the great TT circuit uh, in. In uh, the Netherlands, it's great for motorcycle racing. Uh, it would be it would have been good to see Formula One there. 
Uh, we'll see how that goes for the Moto GP and all the other series, Moto 2, Moto 3, and Moto E. Supercars run at uh, Hidden Valley last last race there last week uh, with um, Edwards and Waters can't leave Texas. Oh, oh that's cute. Um, in regards to the races at Hidden Valley last race, the first race saw Chaz Monster win over. Cameron Waters and Nick Percat, Courtney and Will Brown, the top five in race two. Saw Shane Van Gisbergen win over Will Davison and Jamie Wingecup, Mostert and Winterbottom, the top five. Di Pasquale and Waters uh, finished sixth and seventh there. And then in the third race, Van Gisbergen doubles up with Davison, Wingecup. And then Mostert and Courtney in the top five. Percat, Winterbottom, Waters, Slade, Will Brown, the top ten. In the point standings, Van Gisbergen has over, what is it, 216 point lead over Jamie Winchcup. Uh, Winchcup has a 19 point lead over Mostert. Uh, that's the battle for second. And Winchcup in his last year as a driver before he becomes uh, basically the team principal at Triple Eight. Will Davison is in fourth, Cam Waters in fifth. So those are, that's really, there's a good battle basically between second and fifth right now in points, but otherwise it, there really isn't a whole lot of intrigue. Van Gisbergen set the tone late last year, winning uh, the 1,000 with, uh, and he's been on fire. He's won six. It's six rounds. What is it? Six rounds, seven, eight. He's won eight races so far this year. Um, it's had a couple of bad finishes, but honestly, it's it's been he's been pretty machine like Shane Van Gisberg in, in regards to trying to win a second uh, Supercars championship. Um, go to the DTM. They ran at Monza. And uh, in the race one, saw Liam Lawson win in uh, Ferrari over Vincent Abril and Maximilian Gotts to Mercedes. Then you have Alex Albon for the in a Ferrari at Red Bull sponsored, uh, finished fourth, and then Daniel Junkadella finished fifth. And let's see here, Nico Moore. Arjun Miney actually is in the series. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Sophia Flourish, she ain't bad. Dev Gore, is he American? He's a brown, yeah, he's a brown American guy. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. Um, but he sucks. Um, Philip Bill, yeah. So that's uh, race one and race two. Uh, Kelvin Vanderlinde over Nico Muller, Lucas Auer, top three, so two Audis, and then a Mercedes, Sheldon Vanderlinde, Marco Whitman, and two BMW M6s, Albon, their seventh, Goats, Gore actually finished 15, Miney fell out of the race, Flourish finished 16th, 
in regards to the points. So Vanderlinda is leading the points over Liam Lawson by nine. And then Nico Muller, Abril Albon, your top five. Uh, next race will be uh, <clears throat> at the Norris Ring, or not the Norris Ring, Lausitz Ring, uh, in a month's time, or a little over a month's time. The Indy Lights ran at Road America last week, and the which saw David Malukas in race two over Robert McGinnis, Kirkwood, Benjamin Peterson, and Robert McGinnis, the top three in race one. And so we got, yeah, Malukas, McGinnis, and Daniel Frost, Alex Peroni, Linus Lundquist, top five. The points. Malukas has a eight-point lead over Kirkwood and Lundquist, so this battle is going to go all the way to the bitter end between those three for that championship and the the scholarship, all the stuff that comes with that, and then basically an opportunity to run the Indy 500 if you win this championship. Best of the rest is actually a pretty competitive battle. Sowery's kind of in his own world. From McGinnis to Peterson... From 5th to ninth is only 4 points, so that's uh, pretty intriguing in the Indy Lights. And, of course, they'll be at Mid-Ohio in a couple weeks' time. Formula E ran in uh, the Roval in um, Mexico. Uh, what is it? The um, Puebla, uh, which... With the un with the usual hermanos, little pueblo saying foot in the door right now, and then results. Eduardo Mortara in the race two over Nick Cassidy and Oliver Roland uh, in race one. Degrassi and Rene Rast, the app teammates, finished one two over Eduardo Mortara, Alexander Sims, Jake Dennis, in the top five. In the point standings there, Mortara leads by 10 over Robin Frines, 12 over three drivers, Antonio Felix da Costa, Rene Rasmich Evans. So it's pretty close still. 13 points separate first through sixth. Um, and all those drivers, I mean, was it Nick DeVries has won a race? Rene Rass has had some podiums. So has Mitch Evans. Antonio Felix Acosta, defending world champion, has won one race so far this year. Robin Frines hasn't won a race yet, but um, Eduardo Mortara there. One last race, uh, was a John Eric Verne's kind of buried. He's won. Uh, they got their next race will be in Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn at? Here, um, the week after uh, July the 4th, so they'll be running Brooklyn, then they'll run London and Berlin to end their uh, season in 2021. Uh, go into Brands Hatch British Touring Cars, and for this weekend, uh, they will be 
and yeah, Brands Hatch Indie Circuit, uh, uh, and there'll be the point standings right now. Uh, drivers, and that's not what I wanted. Championships, and uh, dang it! Oh well. Uh, I was trying to find the points and championship. Shedden or team lead, so he's with the Alfred Shedden from Mac. ITC, Dan Cameron. Yeah, okay. So they don't have, they don't have the points. Super. Whatever. Um, we'll go into that next or next week. We'll go over who wins there at Brands Hatch Indy in more detail and um, what the points are at that point juncture um two things that are coming up this weekend of course the six hours at the glen um at watkins glen and the first um first w series race in a long time will uh will take place at the um at uh, austria as well um, what is it? The weakest ever from W Series. Redis replaces Pepper for Australia W Series races. Chadwick, and Saudi Arabia. That makes a lot of sense. Um, results. There is no results because they're running. That's from 2019, of course. Standing those building generally. So I'm trying to bring up the um W series entry list. W series. Chadwick, of course, was the um champion a couple years ago. Uh she is back this year. So the drivers for for this year. Um, Abby Eaton, uh, basically the stig on, um, on the, the Grand Tour, Alice Powell, and both of them are British drivers, Ayla Agrin, who's, uh, some sort of Dutch, I think, Balin Garcia, Spanish Betsky Visser, who runs in WEC, Bruna Tomaselli, a Brazilian, Bosia Redst, uh, never heard of her. Fabian Woolwind, never heard of her. Emma Kimmelainen, who's um, Finn. Irina Sidor, Sidorkova, so Russian. Jamie Chadwick, defending champion. Jessica Hawkins, another British driver. Marta Garcia, Spanish. Mickey Koyama, uh, Japanese. Nuria Marti. Uh, Spanish, Vicky Perea, um, Italian, Sarah Moore, English driver, British driver, and then Sabre, Sabre Cook, the American. So the one American uh, driver there will be Sabre Cook. So hopefully we can talk about her winning some races here um, from uh, after last a couple years ago when 
she finished. Uh, she finished. Where did she finish? Savory Cook finished 11th in points. So the top 12 got invited back um, or something like that. And Tasman Peppers and running. So, yeah, so all, yeah, they invited some Tasman Peppers and running the series now. And Go to Your Reds came back. Um, MC Hockey. Shea Holbrook, of course, some ran in the initial season. Um, and she announced that she's pregnant with her second child and she has her daughter that she shows a lot, Olivia on her, um, socials. Um, so she'll be having another baby that will be running the MX five cup here in a few years time. Anyway, um, the entry list for the, uh, six hours at the Glen, the race will be on Sunday. It starts at 10 40. Eastern, um, and they'll have whatever tape delayed coverage in the evening. It'll be on radio, it'll be on IMSA TV, it'll be on Track Pass on NBC Sports Gold. So, if you want to watch that deal, uh, there will be seven prototypes this race. Um, the 01, which will run with two drivers. Uh, Ranger Vanderzen, Kevin Magnuson, um, the number five Mustang sampling car, which will have three Vautier Duval and Sebastian Bourdais. The 10 will run with two drivers, Taylor and Albuquerque, uh, 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac will have Mike Conway join Nazar and Durrani. The 48 will come back with the uh, ally, um, with Jimmy Johnson, Kamui Kobayashi and Simon Pagino. Uh, the 55 Mazda, former winner there, will run Oliver Jar- Jarvis, Harry Tinknell, and Jonathan Barmarito. And then you'll have the 60 Meyer Shank car with Cameron and Pla. In Le Mans, in Prototype 2, there will be five cars there. The PR1 Matheson team, of course, Keating, Jensen Huffaker, the Wins car. Then you have... Guy Smith for United Autosport. That's a name from the past. Uh, Brian Dial will be in the Aero Motorsport car with Merriman and Tilly. Tristan Nunez with the Win Autosport. Number 11, Thomas Merrill. Then uh, James French, Gabriel Aubrey, John Ferrano in the Tower LMP2. Then in the LMP3 category, there will be nine cars. You'll have uh, the 91 uh, with Dylan Murray, Jurin Bleakamol, and Jim Cox, Riley Motorsports. Uh, you have Gar Robbins and Felipe Fraga, Scott Andrews, Riley Motorsports, John Bennett, George Kurtz, and Colin Brown, the Core Autosport, number 54. You know, the Performance Tech Car, Rasmus Lind, uh, the 36, Jared Andretti. Oliver Askew, who's a silver, um, and Marco Andretti, who's a gold. That's amazing. Um, in GT Le Mans, there will be five cars. Uh, the two BMWs come back for this race. Uh, Edwards, Crone, Farfis in the 24, Connor D. Filippi, Philip Eng, and Bruno Spengler. 
and uh, 25, and then the WeatherTech Porsche with Cooper McNeil, Matthew Jaminé, and Matt Campbell in the 79, along with the two Corvettes that have been running all season. And then 14 GT Daytona cars uh, to make a... What does this work out to be? How many cars? Is it a 40-car entry? So it'll be a full, pretty good field for the um, uh, six hours at the Glen. There'll be a lot of traffic, that's for sure. Um, Seller, Snow, Lewis, Paul Miller Racing, theoretically a home game. Uh, Paul Miller Racing, Paul Miller's dealerships, a lot of them are around here in Jersey and this uh, tri-state area. Zachary Robichon, Lawrence Vantor, Norris Kern in the FAF, Plaid Porsche, Robert McGinnis, Frankie Monicalvo, Zach Veach in the Vassar Sullivan 12, Tealitz, Hawksworth, Kirkwood, Vassar Sullivan 14, those are the Lexus cars, Long, Halen, Hindman, Wright Motorsports, Porsche, Misha Goikberg, Frank Pereira, Tim Zimmerman in the Grasser Lamborghini, Roman DeAngelis, Ross Gunn, Ian James in the Harder Racing Aston, Daniel Morad, Michael DeCasada, and Billy Johnson in the Allegra Motorsports Mercedes, Richard Highstand, Jeff Westwell, Tyler McQuarrie in the Carbon Audi, Don Yount, Jaden Conright, and Marcus Palta, Paltala in the NTE Sport Audi, Potter, Lally, Pump Alley in the Magnus, Archangel, Acura, Abel, Grenier, Morrow Mar Angle in the Sun Energy, Merck, Ferial, Catherine Legg, Andrew Davis in the Hardpoint Porsche, and then Bill Oberlin, Robbie Foley, and Aiden Reed in the number 96 Turner Motorsports BMW. So solid field at the six hours at the Glen. We'll see how that works out, and we'll go over who um, wins in all the classes. Uh, from there, we transition into the previous uh, for other races. Here, the Formula One Styrian Grand Prix. I, I mean, I think the simple question is, does the Red Bull dominance continue at their home track? Will Max Verstappen get the win at uh, the Red Bull ring? He's kind of had a checkered history there. Or can Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes finally um, take the fight back to Red Bull and start putting the momentum back? in their favor uh, this weekend in the first of two races at uh, Red Bull Ring in Austria? Well, it's an interesting question because uh, on one hand, like you said, it's a it's a home race for Red Bull, uh, and they want to win at the track that effectively is named after their team, and so it would be important to win that. And then on the other hand, uh, Mercedes, they, they need to, to get back into the championship, and they also have history – uh, in this race, obviously, last year, the first race of, of the year for uh, Formula One, uh, Valtteri Botas won that race. And then uh, Max Verstappen had an engine failure in that one. And then Lewis Hamilton won the second race back-to-back uh, -back weekends at this track for uh, the 2020 season. So if they do something similar 
this could be a Mercedes race. Uh, I think with the track layout, it could fit Mercedes car versus Red Bull. Uh, but if uh, they have a you know difference in strategy again, I feel like Red Bull has had a few races now where they've had a better uh, strategy than uh, Mercedes. So I think uh, if it comes down to strategy, I, would, I favor uh, Red Bull. But overall pace, I actually think that this might actually be a better track for Mercedes. So we'll see. Uh, I'm going to just go with the safe bet and go with the hot hand here and go uh, Max Verstappen wins this race. And I think he wins it. Then Lewis Hamilton in second. And we'll go with uh, uh, Valtteri Botas uh, finishing third on the podium. Well, picking Valtteri Botas to actually finish on the podium is something, considering he's basically forgotten what that is. Um, yeah, Max, it's the easy. It is the easy call. I'll I'll be a homer. I'll say that Mercedes finally stops dick stepping themselves, and Lewis uh, gets one step closer to 100 wins for himself. Uh, I don't think they're going to qualify on pole. I figure Red Bull will. Uh, I figure Max Verstappen and Lewis take up the front row. In regards to who finishes third, um, I'm going to say Daniel Ricciardo. I'll go out on a little bit of a limb. Uh, Ricciardo, I think, has a good momentum. He's ran well there before. I think the McLaren is um has the uh kind of uh not in a flexibility isn't word but it's uh uh it's it's a car that is capable on different types of circuits and in what is what it amounts to the short track the basically the short track in the formula one calendar uh this might be a, a track that could i mean of course lando you you mentioned of course botas won the first race last year there Lando Norris actually finished third in that race too. So um, I'll pick Daniel Ricardo. Um, Lando's going to be up there, of course. Um, and uh, I do think Lewis Hamilton finally answers. You know, you lose the races the way they've been losing races the last few weeks. At some point, Mercedes has to answer. Because they don't, I, I, it's going to get to a point where you're going to run out of time, not only in the constructors. It's already kind of a problem the constructor side but the drivers championship once you lose that full race um gap uh, that's when it becomes a real problem so i think lewis is sick of uh kind of getting the body blows and he's going to respond here uh on um on sunday in um for pocono there's two races for the cup series there's a truck race on Saturday afternoon. There will be a Xfinity race on Sunday afternoon. So um, I guess uh, we will start with um, the. Uh, what is it? We'll start with the trucks, and we'll start in order. Truck race will be the Pocono. What is it? The CRC Break Clean to one fifty. Um, there's 39 trucks, um, in this field, uh, you have lots of dead weight there. Um, how are we Todd Peck is actually, eh. lawless Allen. What a name. 
Danny Bone. Um, Kyle Busch is in this. I wanted to make sure I look for this. So Kyle Busch is in this race. He starts 22nd. Uh, Josh Berry will start 20th. Um, some other people there. Uh, Ryan Priest, of course, will be in this race. He will start 8th. John Hunter Nemechek will be to his inside. Uh, so row four will definitely be one to watch. But um I'm gonna I'll I'll go with the easy um I'll take the low hanging fruit and go with Kyle Bush from twenty second to win. Uh if it isn't him, I think uh in terms of a regular I'll go with instead of going with John Hunter, I'll go with Todd Gilland. He has track position. Pit crew's been good. He's got a lot of momentum on his side. That team is running very good in general. The DGR outfit, at least his side of the DGR outfit. And then you know, Priest jumped in that truck and was able to do work. So I think it's actually a positive. Um, that's because they know that, you know, if Haley Deegan there just, you know making videos for social media and they have Tanner Gray just holding up a seat. So it shows that they actually are making some progression towards um, rele full on relevancy. Uh, what about you, Josh, in regards to the truck series race? Uh, I'm going to go and go with the other cup series driver, Ryan Priest. Uh, I think he goes and wins this race after winning uh, last week in Nashville. So two races in the truck series, two wins in a row for Ryan priest. I mean, can't count out John Hunter Nemechek, of course, uh, ran well at the, uh, you know, this entire season in a Kyle Busch car. So would expect him to be up towards the front, uh, Kyle Busch. I mean, the 51 car won last year with Brandon Jones in this race. So, uh, if he can get up to the front, he'll be certain 22nd should be a, a good run up there. Uh, I mean, look out for, you know, Josh Berry, look out for, uh, Austin Hill, you know, Ben Rhodes, uh, Sheldon Creed and Todd Gilland, all those guys. So, so this, I mean, this race with Pocono should be an interesting one with the long straights, the draft should be a factor, especially on the front straight there in long pond. So, uh, this, this will probably be a very interesting one to watch and I think, uh, with the way Pocono kind of tends to turn out, you know, I would pick uh, Ryan priest there. Yeah, I figure a cup guy is going to win because you have between those two and you have John Hunter's pseudo cup guy, uh, but he is a truck regular this year. I figure it comes to one of those three drivers. Uh, that'll it'll probably be decided amongst those three, really. Um, we None of us, we neither of us mentioned Sheldon Creed, and I think he had one of the best, if not the best truck, in this race last year and I think got gotten involved in a wreck late. So, I mean, there's that too. So Creed's usually good on these kind of flatter tracks uh, and kind of tricky, trickier tracks. So Ty Majeski was running up front in this race in the 45 truck and then housed it in the wall. I think he took it out in the inside wall or he got hooked into the, wall just before turn one while leading uh, uh the race for the nice bunch so he has he he has experience running up front there albeit it didn't end off the best way uh the cup series will 
well, the Xfinity. The, well, yeah, Xfinity yeah. Oh, will be yeah. on on Sunday. Um, we'll be running Sunday afternoon first. Uh, Damian Hill won't make the show. Boris Hensman, eh, that's random. Uh, Mason, Josh Berry will be in the 31 uh, this weekend. Uh, so he'll run double duty. Carson Ware will be in the 17. Blaine Perkins, 23. Uh, Jade Bufers are there. Uh, Root Beer Floathead is back in Xfinity in the 26. Uh, you have Sam Mayer making his Xfinity debut uh, after turning 18. He'll run the rest of the season in the eight car. Uh, Snyder is just ahead of him. Um, Brett Moffitt is, is their 17th. Tommy Joe Martin's 18th. So the row seven, I think that's where we have to look at in regards to a winner, but I'll let you go first, uh, Josh, in regards to who do you think is going to be a winner and who can be a dark horse here um, on Sunday in the Xfinity? I mean, yeah, you talk about with Austin Cedric and Ty Gibbs uh, starting 13th and 14th and uh, two of the best cars in the series. So uh, definitely looks like, you know, they could be uh, – favorites for this race but yeah i i don't know i feel like cindric uh you know poby knows that you know like you said the truck race is a tough one so uh i think ty gibbs probably finishes top five and i think cindric also finishes top five but i don't i don't think they'll either of them will win uh i'm gonna go with uh gonna go with justin haley actually i uh feel like with you know, they, they have good cars. Calling racing has good cars. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like Pocono is like one of those random races again. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, with the way that their strategy is, I think they find a way to get to the front and then they'll be there at the end. And, you know, with fuel strategy and things like that, definitely end up being a race where they can have that type of result. And, uh, have a surprise winner like that so that's I mean, it's a little random but that's what i'm gonna go with well he's the only regular in the team that hasn't won yet of course he missed a race he was sick uh but he got a waiver so he'd be able to go and win that race and he'd be fine um haley of course as you mentioned earlier will be running cup full-time next year uh, i don't know if i guess that means he could declare as a rookie even though he's run i don't know how many cup races for spire over the last few years but and has won a cup series race so um so that'll be something so maybe the momentum of that positive energy going on will go and work in his favor i'm i'm gonna go with Cindric. Uh, he's had a couple of um races here recently hasn't finished off as well as he probably wanted to honestly think uh he's due for a win and uh you know with things going on at penske you figure uh the way uh brad keselowski ain't going to be there anymore more than likely so whether he's going to be going to the two car so that that would be a, a thing they probably are going to announce probably wait to indianapolis figure indianapolis is when they'll come up with that or maybe michigan that might be a time they might go and put off those announcements for that. But I think Cindric goes out and wins. I think Ty Gibbs, as you said, Josh, will probably get a top five finish. 
Uh, he has arc experience there, so it's not like he's coming in there without anything. Um, we'll see what Sam Mayer does in his Xfinity debut. Uh, he's got a lot of momentum behind him, a lot of good energy there. Um, I think uh, Junior Motorsports is banking on him uh, turning out well. I think he's basically the number one prospect for Hendrick Motorsports right now. Um, they don't really have an opening, but he's basically Hendrick Motorsports' number one prospect. They've signed Alex Bowman to a two-year extension. They're not really getting rid of um, Byron, even though he has no personality. Uh, you know, Clyde's not going anywhere, and of course, Larson ain't going anywhere. But I figure with Jeffy going back to basically run the organization, they might start making uh, some bigger connections or bigger affiliate deals. Maybe he'll end up in a Ganassi car in the next couple of years. Um, so then we'll get into both of the cup races. The first race will be on the Saturday race will be the Pocono Organics CBD 325. And then the, uh, Pocono mountains 350, which, uh, the second race will be, um, based on, I think the, they'll just invert all the lead lap cars or some crap like that from the Saturday race. And then everybody else will fall into place accordingly. It'll be a 38 car field this weekend. Uh, what is it? You got uh, Cody Ware back in a cup car. Uh, Chase Elliott will start 29th. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Chase Elliott will start 29th, Briscoe 28th, Blaney 27th. Uh, those will be three cars to look at in regards to coming from tailback. Brad Keselowski will start 18th, uh, Truex 15th. Um, in terms of the top 10, you have Larson, Byron, Harvick, Logano, Kyle Busch, Chastain, Stenhouse, Bush, Kurt Busch. Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin. So, uh, four, three, three of the Gibbs cars there. Um, I'll pick for race one. Um, I think in race one, uh, I'm gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with William Byron. I'm gonna say that the uh, the uh, streak for Kyle Larson ends with another Hendrick teammate doing it. It'll be William Byron. Um, it's a track that I think kind of suits him and his style uh, and Rudy Fugel with the strategy and all that stuff. Uh, in terms of a dark horse pick, I'm going to pick Ross Chastain. They've had a lot of good momentum here the last few weeks. They ran well in the, the all-star open and in the all-star race. They ran well last week at Nashville. He's starting to figure things out. The Ganassi team's starting to put some good cars together, too. It would be a cool spot for Ross Chastain to possibly go and get his first win. He's won there in a truck before. Um, so it, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm um, for him to do that, especially with track position to start the day. 
How about you, Josh, in regards to race one? Yeah, race one, the Pocono CVD 325. Uh, I'm going to go with the pole winner and let him keep going into this win streak. And Kyle Larson, he's uh hasn't won here at Pocono yet, but he's been pretty good over the years. Uh, at Pocono, he's you know finished uh top five a couple of times, uh, led laps. Uh, a couple of times or a couple of the races there. Uh, so he's this definitely a track that suits him. Of course, uh, it's the 550 rules package. So uh, that, I mean, he's adapted pretty well to that uh, package as well. So, I mean, I think at least on Saturday, the first race of the Pocono weekend, uh, I think uh, he goes out and wins from the pole. In regards to the second race, it'll be based on an invert, but don't know who's going to get inverted how many cars probably will be over 20 cars uh will will end up being uh on the lead lap so it'll be a big invert and i think i personally was gonna pick denny hamlin for one of these races and i think this is a spot race two denny hamlin finally gets his first win of the year and a wild card in that particular race would be Daniel Suarez because of uh, similar to what uh, Chastain's been doing. Suarez, in a lot of these races, they are running better than big-time teams, uh, this uh, track house effort. And uh, it's a track that suits uh, Suarez well. He's done well there for multiple organizations. I think it would be a good spot for him to go and take off another top five or top 10 result uh, for as they build towards uh, better, bigger and better as they go along. How about uh, second race, Josh? Yeah, second race. uh, I'm going to go with the other driver that hasn't won this year that we thought would win in Kevin Harvick. Um, He won the first race at Pocono last year in that doubleheader. And I think this this year, uh, I think, at Pocono, they'll they'll figure it out on day two and get the win uh, in this uh, event, and then also for a wild card, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Ross Chastain. He's had a, I mean, he's had a good couple of weeks, and think of you know Pocono. The the 42s uh, had good history with Kyle Larson in the past at Pocono, and I think uh, they kind of carry that over and get a, another uh, top ten as they start to build up good results in uh, their season. All right, so those are all the previews, reviews, and whatnot from racing. Uh, this past weekend coming up for this weekend. So it's time for Josh's sim segment. Uh, what was going on in the world of iRacing for you, Josh? Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, in the world of iRacing, you know, did uh, uh, iRacing the Cup 87 car uh, at Michigan again uh, uh, the other night. And it was, it was a little, I mean, I haven't been at uh, Michigan in a while. And it's been a little bit different for me there, but the, this car uh, on that track seems like it handles a lot differently. Now uh, I was able to get up and started ninth and was able to get up and to the top five, uh, uh, 50 lap race on like lap 10, but then I uh, just, uh, I was trying a little bit too hard in the corners and uh, missed my line a couple of times and then uh, ended up burning up the right front. And then first pit stop uh, had like 16% uh, tread left 
on the inner portion of the right front and the middle portion of the right front. So it was really wearing out the tires there uh, and really uh, was almost about to hit, hit the wall a couple of times off of turn two and turn four and lost a lot of pace there, but uh, ended up finishing ninth in that race. I uh, got a late race yellow and was able to kind of recover from falling back earlier in that race. Uh, and so uh, the 87 car, you know, got to learn how to manage the tire. I think they, they improved the car junior, uh, Dale junior was able to provide a lot of feedback and get, um, a lot of input from people who were around back in those days. You know, he got input from Doug Richard, got input from, uh, Bobby Labonte who raced similar cars during that era. Uh, a lot of the cup crew chiefs and yeah, I think Larry McReynolds as well, who were around in this era and try to improve the car. Cause in the previous iteration of the 87 cars really loose and now they've, uh, made it a lot more tighter and, you know, a lot, a lot of drivers, uh, you know, having a lot of understeer really tight cars. So I think, um, you know, it's a good improvement and, uh, definitely going to have to, you know, really manage the tires now, rather than, you know, driving really hard, you're going to have to be really, uh, uh, you know, managing the tires, you know, being a lot more conservative and you know, really having to, um, try a little bit harder to find the right line to get good speed. And then also, uh, an another new car that iRacing released was, uh, the formula V car, which is a popular car out in Australia. You know, it's an open wheel car with no wings, but, uh, it's pretty slow, uh, in terms of, you know, overall top speed but it's a fun car to race and uh, was able to race that. Uh, I mean, I didn't do it this week, but a couple of weeks ago when they released this car, I uh, was able to do a couple of races here and there. So that might be a series I try to pick up uh, later on, maybe race regularly. It's a, a really fun series uh, to do and definitely it's something to look out for. I think this week they're racing at Laguna Seca. So we'll try to see if we can uh, get some runs uh, uh, there in that car. So that'll be interesting. And then, I mean, I'm not in this race, but you know, they had the, uh, the, or anymore, but you know, they had the firecracker 400. Well, I think, I think tonight was like the first round of qualifying for the top 88 drivers and, you know, Dale Jr. was in, in that. So we'll see, see how he does and see how some of the, you know, other sim racers and, uh, esports uh, professionals are able to do in this event and who cracks, uh, the top 43, uh, for that and makes it into the main. And then I think the rest, uh, they'll, they'll try again tomorrow and qualify the bottom half of the field. And, and then uh, they'll split it into the main firecracker 400 and there's a second uh, firecracker 200. So uh, it'll be pretty entertaining, I think. And you, know, you can watch that uh, over there with the eraser GG guys and uh, you know, park Kligerman, uh Landon castle be covering that event. So should be an entertaining event to watch there, but uh, we'll uh, continue to go throughout the summer with uh, I racing here. Yeah, and we'll see where uh, things take you in regards to the open wheels side, too, because open wheels 500 prep and, uh, you know, 87 cup is seems to be uh, one of your niche um, cars. I think there's plenty of good cars for you to run. So trying to find your way and find your spot to go and get some dubs. Uh Speaking of that, where can we go and follow you to go and watch uh, your racing when you're on iRacing? Yeah, as always, uh, you know, when I decide to stream, uh, it'll be a, a Twitch TV slash UCLR2. You know, I'll try to you know, notify you, Philip, or you know, anybody else, um, you know, try to get the link out in time before I go racing. And you know, we'll be online there and, you know, try to 
uh, race and then you can watch, uh, how I do. And then, you know, afterwards, maybe give me feedback when I could do better or, you know, what strategies I could try if it's a, a long race that requires pit stops or anything like that. And, you know, maybe see a car that I think I ought to be focusing more on that. You uh, see me racing, you know, let me know about that. So it should be interesting. And then, you know, of course, the, the main social media, uh, Twitter handle at, uh, JP Huffman as always follow there. And then we'll have our takes on the race and then, you know, tweet out what we think about any of the races and probably whatever I say on Twitter will probably end up repeating here in more depth, uh, on the, on this show. Uh, so, uh, follow me on there and, you know, uh, we'll interact, I guess, on, on the commentary there as we watch all the races. And you can follow me at Philip G Matthew on Twitter. You can follow the show at grip strip pod on Twitter. We're on uh, my website, philipgmatthew.com, WordPress, uh, old blog, but then also it's where one of the places where the show is posted. You can find the grip strip podcast on Podbean, um, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, Pandora. Basically anywhere that you can get podcasts, you can find the Grip Strip Podcast. Um, give us a like, give us a shout out, five star, whatever. Um, if you enjoy it, if you have ideas, if you have people you'd like us to kind of chase to try to get on the show. Uh, with my current situation moving towards having a little bit more time. Uh, I hope to invest more time into the show and also be able um, to get uh, more um, people on the show. Uh, we thank you for listening to the show. Thanks to you, Josh, as always, uh, for your support and being my right-hand man, and also taking care of the outline, everything else, everything that you do. Um, and um, take care of one another. Stay safe. Um, we'll be back next week to go over everything that's going on in racing. We're very busy. It's almost like um, so we didn't have, like, a pandemic uh, that we have so much racing going on again, and I, that's a good thing. And uh, hopefully people can stay safe and enjoy that. and not be dicks, um, not be buckets of fuck, and actually uh, make and keep it fun and actually be good to one another uh, because we it's what we need to do in our current society. Uh, so with that, we thank you for listening to the Grip Strip Podcast. See you next week. Take care. <laughs>